What's up, Notre Dame fans? It's Reggie Brooks. I'm here to tell you I'm meeting my biggest fans on Meat League. Let's talk Notre Dame football past and present. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Hostess Heroes Foundation, and one lucky winner will win two tickets to the BYU Notre Dame game in Las Vegas. So download Meat Lead or to your iPhones and meet me at Meat Lead. Hello, what's up, Notre Dame fans? Welcome into this week's YouTube show from blueandgold.com. I am a still voiceless Ashton Pollard, but I am your host today. And I am joined by Mike Singer and Tim Hyde. Mike also didn't have a voice. Mike, how's your voice? My voice is mostly back. I would say at about 80%. Um, Sunday, I sounded awful, <clears throat> but um, some good home remedies. And um, I, I think I'm mostly back. I, 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 I was pretty rough on uh, WSBT but um, yesterday, uh, and I might have some occasional coughs here today, but... I have plenty of beverages here, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, um, to uh, help help me out um, this evening. Well, I'm glad your home remedies worked because mine clearly have not. Tim, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. The snow is melting. It was 60 degrees today. Life is good out here in New England. Yeah, it's like 70 here in South Bend. It's it's borderline hot. I don't like hot weather, which is why I live in the Midwest. So I don't know. But um Yes, welcome in. If you are watching right now on YouTube, make sure you hit the thumbs up below. If you are listening back via podcast, give us a five-star rating. Tell us what we're doing right. Maybe what we're doing wrong would be nice because we don't we don't want you to bash us. Um, so before we get started, we'll do our weekly, what are you drinking? Mike, you're going first. All right. I actually have... I told Tim a minute ago that I'm going to piss him off here in a second. So I'm just going to do that now. You ready for this, Tim? I so when, when we first, when I first started getting beers from Bolt Landing Brewing Company, Tim was a little jealous and Tim was like, I want this. I got an email a few days ago from a Notre Dame grad um, who owned two tigers. This is a Notre Dame grad company. So I got two bottles of whiskey so I'm yeah. sipping on um, some Two Tigers. You can find this. Um, he told me Total Wine. Um, so Tim, I'm sorry. This is this is you finding out. I got this Indian whiskey is fantastic. Love it. Um, Love it. So I'm drinking some Indian whiskey and um, some some lime sparkling water for the vibes. We're back with the the spin drift. I didn't know they made whiskey in india is that like a very common thing i don't know but it it is fantastic um yeah so shout out to michael rodericks um for this um yeah total what he says it's available nationwide at total wine so appreciate it mike again notre dame grads so if you guys are at total wine um pick up two tigers premium indian whiskey he sent me two bottles so i'm, I'm very excited <laughs> do you think they'll sponsor us I mean, we should, we should, just did unofficially, so. Yes, officially, whatever. Tim, what are you drinking? Anything that fits into uh, my beer mug here. But, uh, uh, you know, which is funny, just uh, my little quick anecdote. Someone was, uh, someone commented that I look like a banquet beer guy. So <laughs> I actually went out and bought a banquet beer. So cheers to the poster. He was uh he was having some fun with me uh, last week and I said I actually enjoy banquet beer. So like cor course get... banquet beer? <laughs> course banquet baby. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Class. Yeah. Uh speaking yeah. real quick of sponsorship and Notre Dame alums, uh, we mu we must get out to Rick Meyer then since he owns wine so we could get some Rick Meyer wine for uh, Ashton. I think that's yes. got to be one of our goals. 
here at a uh, uh, pod like a champion to make that happen. I'll, I'll shoot him a text I'll, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I you love wine. I'm drinking tea still. It's very lame, but I figure that I probably should not drink until my voice is somewhat back to normal. But I am drinking out of this. It's a South Bend Cubs mug that I bought here last year before I lived here, obviously, or knew I was going to live here. So it's kind of interesting that now I have it and I live here. But anyways, on that topic, we can get into what we are going to talk about for the day. Spring practice starts tomorrow and ends in April uh, the 23rd with the Blue and Gold game, which the time for that came out yesterday. It'll be at 1 p.m on Peacock on April 23rd, Um, but we have five, six weeks of practice before that. So we'll go ahead and get started. We'll kick it off with bold predictions. We did a cover three on this um, on our site. If you aren't subscribed yet, you should be subscribed. It's a dollar for a year. That'll give you access to that cover three along with everything else that you're gonna wanna read, especially as we start spring practice recruiting insight, um, depth chart information, all of that will be on our site. But we did a cover three, <coughs> excuse me, with bold predictions. Um, I'll go last, but I did one of them with Tyler Horka and Patrick Engel, and I'll send it around the circle here. We'll start with Tim. Tim, what is your bold prediction for spring football? Uh, you know what? I actually read the articles. Great article. I went with it as what do I want to hear at the end of this next six weeks? And I did three three quick ones, quick 30-second sound bites are number one at the end of spring ball. I want to hear that Chris Tyree is the running back Alabama tried to get three years ago. I think if we hear that, good things are going to happen in 2022. I want to hear offensive linemen in the interviews frustrated because all they're doing is double teams, scoop blocking all day long, and they're tired of it with Coach Heastan. If we hear that, the O-line is going to be kicking butt in 2022. And then the last thing is, I talked a little bit about this last week, is the young DBs. You know, we got four uh, freshmen, soon to be softs, and we have two early enrollees. Out of those six, I want to hear at least two of those six are somehow making a move because Notre Dame's got a lot of upperclassmen going to be leaving after this season. So those are my uh, three quick, bold predictions I would love to hear at the end of spring football. Yeah, I'm interested in the incoming freshmen too, just because they were so highly rated and like there, I think, especially with certain positions, there are places for them to step into a role sooner rather than later. So I'm interested to hear how they do. Mike, what about you? What is your prediction for the spring? <clears throat> Steve Angeli. Yeah. QB1. QB1. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A little bit. <laughs> no, you're not. A you're not bit. kidding. Okay. Um, I'm in full transparency. I, um, like I, I kind of like set up our show and our our topics, you know, we, we discuss as a staff here and I kind of set it up. I don't actually prepare anything. So I don't have one. Um, until I, I kind of forgot that we were going to talk about this. So that's, that's on me. I will actually go, I'm going to say bold prediction. Steve Angeli is going to press everybody in the media. Like, I don't know how much like <clears throat> actual 11 on 11 reps you will get. Um, you know, if they do a lot of third team and the media gets to see that, like, I don't know. It's actually pretty neat. Last year, spring, um, no media got to go to it because of the pandemic, but Notre Dame sent out three minutes of highlights to the media every day. And then we would upload it to our YouTube channel. Um, it's really when our help, help blow up our YouTube channel. Cause I would do these narration videos over them. 
and uh, I would kind of give a play-by-play, slow it down a little bit, and you could see the third team and all this stuff. I actually emailed Notre Dame and I said, hey, can you guys do that again? Like, even though practices, some of practice can be available to media, I think you get, we get four practices plus the spring game, which of course everyone gets to see. I'm like, because I want to see that third team. Like, I don't, I don't know how much we're going to get to see, you know, again, Steve Angeli in 11-11 setting, but I, I think that you know, there's a lot of Angeli doubters out there. I'm obviously um, hyping the dude up every chance I get, but I, I do believe that um, you know one of my bold predictions is that he is going to um, really impress. And I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the true freshman, Josh Burnham. Talking to sources after signing day, he's someone that the Notre Dame staff, again from what I had been hearing, is someone that they think has a very strong possibility to play as a true freshman. So bold prediction, watch out for Josh Burnham making an impact potentially even with the second team there. I say, whether it's at, you know, will, um, does he come in in some funky package as a pass rusher or an extra linebacker, you know, Marcus Freeman, Al Golden, you know, they have all sorts of tricks up their sleeve um, with formation. So, I'm going to go with uh, Angeli and Josh Burnham impressing people and Burnham potentially being someone um, who does not take a red shirt year, even though Notre Dame's linebacker depth is pretty good. It's interesting that you went Burnham. I feel like the, the common, if you're going to pick a freshman linebacker to play right away is Jalen Sneed for obvious reasons. Hey, we're going um, bold. This is bold. Yes. Yeah, it's easy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. The, the guys I had heard, um, like, yeah, Sneed's what everyone thinks. A lot of people say Jaden Mickey um, as like a, a true freshman watch. And I think that's a little bit more so Ashton because like there's just that positional need at cornerback. I mean, Tim could talk about how much uh, Notre Dame needs to, you know, improve that position until the dude's blue in the face. Um, but I, so, but I, to me, it's not Mickey. It's uh, I had been hearing Burnham. Um, and Jadarian Price a little bit, obviously Snead. And then Billy Shrouth was another one who, even though Notre Dame has a really uh, deep offensive line, they felt, sources felt like Shrouth could potentially break in there. Um, but of course, um, you know, he had, what was it, a shoulder surgery, I want to say, after the All-American Bowl, something he had been playing with for months now. He played it with his, his during his senior season. Notre Dame took a look at it when he enrolled. Said, hey, let's go ahead and clean this up. So whole miss spring, but um, you know he he's a he's a darn good football player. Yeah, he talked about that uh, that media availability in early February, mid February, or whatever that his rehab was going well. Um, I will. I went with. I'll give a little preview in the cover three. I went with Maris Leofal, um at linebacker, and that was for a couple of reasons. One, um, there is a lot of linebacker depth, like you mentioned, Mike, but it's kind of wide open in the sense that like there's no true. I mean, like J.D. Bertrand obviously was a leading tackler on the team and shout out to him. He had more than 100 tackles. That's awesome. But like they have totally different skill sets. And you could tell, especially towards the end of the season, it kind of started to wear the season started to wear Bertrand down. His uh, production dropped off significantly. I think Maris would have done better in that situation. It has more of that Rover-esque skill set that Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa had more so than than Bertrand um, and all counts last summer before he um, broke, fractured his ankle, whatever lower leg injury that required surgery that ended his, or I guess ended his 2021 season, but he never played it. Um, by all accounts, he was killing it in practice. So 
as long as there are no outstanding issues uh, post rehab, which there don't seem to be, I kind of think that Maris is, is going to jump out um, here. Do we have any more? I, have a, you want to I do have a notes. Is this new? He changed number eight. That would be new. I, I just pulled up the roster and he's, he's listed here at uh, was it here number eight? So, I, I mean, maybe that's an article we got to take a look at is uh, some, some Jersey changes potentially. I had not seen that one. Honestly, I had not. Yeah. Anyways, um, we can, we can look at that. Yeah, so let's move. This is also in the spring ball uh, category, and it is one of Tim's favorite topics. Let's talk quarterbacks. So we have Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine. Mike will say we have Steve Angeli um, in there. Also, uh, Ron Paulus' son, Ron Paulus. I think he's the third, right? Not junior, the third. Um, he is in there as well. But pretty much it's a Buckner versus Pine battle. Um we can talk about how close of a battle that is. Um, someone put in the comments, Tyler Horka is the new president of the Drew Pine fan club. He absolutely is. He's a big Drew Pine fan. Um, but yeah, so let, let's talk through that kind of, what do you foresee uh, coming out of spring practice as far as the quarterbacks go, uh, Mike? I actually agree with, so Tyler's premise of his cover three article was kind of like, look, I, I think that, coming out of the spring, it's going to be pretty neck and neck. How we determine that though, is the, is kind of the discussion is like, is it what's said publicly? Because I would be pretty stunned if there's a quarterback named after spring ball. From everything I hear about like Marcus Freeman and his background as a coach, it is breeding competition. So I would be stunned if there's any starters named, um, I think there's one starter, one player on this team that has a guaranteed starting spot, and it's Joe Walt. Don't at me. <laughs> maybe Blake Fisher. Maybe Joe Walt and Blake Fisher. They got pretty good shots. And then Isaiah Fox. You know, Brandon Joe. Okay, okay. You you guys you guys get him playing. Jared right, Patterson but. if he's back. I'm sorry? I said Jared Patterson's the big one if he's back from his injury. All right, yeah. Okay. That's uh Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That's very well for you, Mike. I digress. <laughs> Um, but you know, but if we're going to determine it by what's kind of behind the scenes, then that's the different discussion is, you know, does Notre Dame after spring ball say like, yeah, this is still a 50, 50 quarterback battle, but internally, you know, they believe it's one of the two. Um, that's kind of the, the, the big question I have, but I don't know. I, I, I said this and I think it was maybe not last week's show, but the week before where Ashton was out and it was just me and Tim. And I said, if you could merge these two quarterbacks together, I think you have like an all-American quarterback because, you know, Buckner's got the size and athleticism. Buckner's not that tall, by the way. He's like 6'1". So both quarterbacks are not, you know, 6'3", 6'4", giants back there. But uh, I, I still, if you put like, in my opinion, Drew Pines, how he throws the football, his mechanics into Tyler Buckner's body with his athleticism, I think you have an all-American quarterback. Um, but... My, my point kind of in saying that is I'm not ruling out like a two QB system this year. I think these two guys might complement each other. You know, I, I understand the adage of if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I agree. I agree with it to us to a degree, but it might be some kind of deal like we had last year with Cone and Buckner, but it might be flipped a little bit where Buckner's playing the majority and, and Pines, maybe a little bit of a reliever. I don't know. Am I, am I crazy here, Tim? 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I look at it as it's Buckner's sophomore year. Drew Pine had a sophomore year. Drew Pine did not become the, the go-to guy. They had to go out and get a transfer quarterback just to take snaps last year. So I look at it as go back to the history since, you know, I started watching, you know, Notre Dame football way back when during the Holtz era, Tony Rice was a sophomore, took over. Rick Meyer was a sophomore, took over. Paulus was a sophomore, took over. You could say the same Brady Quinn when he officially took over. Jimmy Clausen when he became the full guy, you know, the guy uh, totally. So if you're not the guy by your sophomore year, outside of what Kevin McDougal, you know, who had a heck of a special year in '93, there hasn't been a lot of a lot of these guys. Even Ian Book, Ian Book, uh, started to play a lot his uh, you know sophomore year. So there's been that type of a role, and I think Drew Pine's been here two years. Give it to Buckner. What I mean, what do you have to lose if he's the guy? I keep hearing this. Well, you got to keep Pine involved. Well. No matter what, whoever the starter is, you're one play away from the next guy coming in. So, you know, this transfer talk and all this, I I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it going into this year because there's really two true quarterbacks on this roster and both will probably play. So I went out and watched um, Tyler Buckner. I just went out, I, I put on his his opening drive. You know, they're down 10 nothing, 10 nothing to Virginia Tech. And you go and watch the Buckner uh the series that he leads, how do you not want that guy being your guy when it's him full time? It's your offense. People need to go back and rewatch that because I think you're going to get that type of an offense out of Buckner compared to what you do from Pine. And real quick off of that is if Pine's in, the offense is going to change a little bit. It has to because with Buckner, you got to respect the run and with the limited wide receiver depth and whatnot, you need that that aspect of uh, Tyler Buckner on the field. Sorry, y'all. We just, we just cut out and uh, cut back in, but I think we're, I think we're back up. All right. I think we are back. I apologize for that guys. My internet crapped out. I'm guessing. I don't know. It's never, <laughs> this has never happened before. Um, so, but we still got some people with us. Ashen. Yeah. You... Um, what? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> you I want think... me to go ahead. Sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, I don't. Um, I don't remember. Um, okay. I, yeah, I do think we're back on. So Ashton, you, yes, can, you can continue with, us here. Tim, do you have any additional quarterback battle thoughts? Oh, it's going to, it's going to be a battle, but my big, my main thinking is what do you have to lose? If, I mean, once again, if Buckner shows that he's the guy 
and whatnot. But if Pine goes out there and lights it up and he's the guy and he dominates spring ball, then the name of the starter. I mean, no matter what, you you only got two quarterbacks. I I highly, highly doubt one of those guys are, is going to leave. You know, it, I mean, where else are they going to go that has a top-notch job wide open right away? So I don't – I think Buckner's the sophomore. If, if Pine was that far ahead of him, then where was he after Cincinnati last year? We didn't see him. All right. A couple quick things. For podcast audience listening to this, we are recording this live, obviously, um, and we just had some internet connectivity issues. So if you're listening back and you're like, what the heck just happened? Um, that that is that is what happened. Um, and um, Tim, I, I, I get it, but it's like, he's the sophomore. Great. I mean, c- congratulations. You're a sophomore. I don't, I don't, I don't see the big deal about that point. And uh, let, let the best man win. I think that it's uh I think you have a lot to lose if, if you like, if, if Tyler just throw out Tyler Buckner, what do you got to lose football games? Like that's, that's a big deal. If, if Drew Pine's the better player, you, you, you play Drew Pine. That that's, that's what it comes. Sure. From. Sure. I mean, if he's the better guy, I said, I mean, whoever the better guy is at the end of spring, does Marcus Freeman really need to drag this long? I know he's for competition and whatnot, but you got to have a quarterback unless his thing is just to see what happens, go for another week or two in fall camp. So be it. But I'm just saying, if there's a true guy at the end of this spring, at the end of 15 practices, if Tommy Reese and them get together and Freeman's like, come on, we got to go with so-and-so he's got, he's got to be our guy. We got to start building our offense. They're not, they're not opening up against, you know, New Mexico state now. So they do have to get ready for Ohio state. One other thought for me, Tim, and sorry, Ash, I'll let you go, is, you know, you're talking about they're not going to – no one's going to transfer. Dude, you can't – you don't know that. Yeah, Bro, it is 2022. The, I mean, especially if you name Buckner the quarterback after spring ball, Pine's like, dang, man, like I could transfer somewhere right now, get here in June, learn the playbook, throw with the guys, and then have full fall camp. Man, if I'm Notre Dame, I'd rather hold him hostage for a little bit. And I know that's kind of a negative term, but I mean it in a good way um, because – like he's a really good quarterback. You want Drew Pine uh, uh, on your roster, um, so I think I, he's I think he's Ian Book w- with a, a little bit little bit higher upside in my opinion. Like that's the ceiling for me. Do you think he has the same legs as Ian Book? Because that was kind of the big thing with Ian. Like Ian Book was never going to be your NFL style pocket passer. The the thing with Ian Book, which is similar to what's we have with Tyler Buckner, is that you have to account for the run. You have to account for the fact that he can escape. I would say that Pine, at least from what I've seen, Pine is not Jack Cohn. He's not a statue in the pocket, but he's not Ian Book either. What do you think? So my my thought there is I loved Ian Book. Um, we we're big supporters of him um, here at Blue and Gold, but. Problem is he used his legs too much. He relied on me. He was like a running back sometimes. He was just like, all right, first read not there. I'm going to go be Johnny Manziel. Like, so that, I think that that was uh, to his detriment sometimes. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just, I think that, and granted, the offensive line is in much better shape than it was um, last year when Cone was getting sacked six times a game or whatever it was in the beginning of the year. But like, if you, I, I just, maybe it's just my personal preference. I like the idea of having the defense, having to account for the run. And I just, I don't know that Pine's enough of a threat with his legs to where it's a legitimate concern for an opposing defensive coordinator. That's what I think. I don't know. Hey, where was Drew Pine the last couple months of the season? I mean, I mean, Tommy yeah. Reese was his coach. Tommy Reese didn't get him in. 
where yeah. was Drew playing, especially after Cincinnati, the way he played, the way he rallied a little, you know, in the Wisconsin, obviously defense and turnovers and Chris Tyree with his kickoff return was the main weapon in that, but he had back-to-back games and then played as much as us three combined the rest of the year. I mean, he, he never touched the field except for stretching. So where was he? And that's what I'm saying. When I see a sophomore, you've been there two years. You've been through the multiple camps, the spring balls. Buckner obviously passed him. Point taken. Um, all right, we can move along. I know that Mike Mike pops up on the screen for a second, but um, Triple Deck, is it Triple Deck PO, Triple Deck Po put a, a comment in here about recruiting getting to Mike and me because we are staying up too late and chain smoking. Um, unfortunately, well, unfortunately is probably the wrong word there. What? <laughs> what? That was not, never mind. Um, or, <laughs> I, I give up. Um <laughs> We are so staying up the sentence. Late. Complete the sentence. I'm curious. We are staying up far too late. We are not. Well, I'm not chain smoking. I can let Mike answer that question. I don't want to answer it for him. Um, but yes, no. It's getting really annoying that I can't speak. Everywhere I go, everyone's like, "What?" repeatedly, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." I um, it was funny, actually, I covered Notre Dame baseball yesterday and the head coach, Link Jarrett, uh, started off his his media little gaggle after the game and he was like, sorry guys, I lost my voice. And I stuck around, it was my first game, so I was introducing myself to him and I was like, I won't make you talk anymore because like I sound equally terrible. And he was like, oh wow, okay. Like He was like, what's, like, what's in the air here? I was like, I have no idea. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Um, so that's kind of the obvious position battle that everyone's talking about. It's it's the uh, quarterback position that's going to be the sexy one that everyone wants to talk about. But there are some others um, that are really interesting. And Tyler Horka um, wrote about this on blueandgold.com. And if you have not yet subscribed to blueandgold.com, it is a dollar for a year. You get all of this content, everything we're referencing, plus message board access, plus additional recruiting insight, um, all of that for just a dollar for an entire year. You're going to want that, especially as spring practice ramps up. But back to the position battles. Um, Yeah, Tyler wrote an article on this. Um, One that stuck out to me in particular, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, was at nose guard because Kurt Heinisch is gone and he's kind of been the the staple there on the defensive line um, for the last four or five years. So behind him, we have Howard Cross and Jacob Lacey. They're actually both built very similarly. They same weight, about same height. Um, Both of them played a little bit last year. Cross played a little bit more, but I kind of wrote about how I think that Cross is an upperclassman that just hasn't really gotten a shot. He hasn't transferred out he's waiting for his turn um, I think this could be a big year for him but I also see the argument about uh, Jacob Lacey and I think that we'll see that play out in the next uh, couple of weeks in spring practice see if one emerges um, more so than the other if we're gonna play both of them all year Tim what do you think about the nose guard position yeah I mean yeah. I mean cross obviously is a solid fundamental quick as a cat in there the way he plays he's just small you know, what's that, you know, now that he's the guy, if, you know, just assuming he's the guy here for a moment, you know, what's that wear and tear on the body? You know, I mentioned Aiden, you know, Kanaya just a couple of weeks ago, just because he's going to be a junior. This is once again in Notre Dame history. A lot of those, these guys tend to come into their own by their junior year. And is Aiden going to be one of those at nose guard? And, and Lacey, the same thing. I think Lacey is, is a better three technique instead of taking on the double teams you know, with his size, when he played three tech last year, that's when he got most of his tackles for losses and a lot of the penetration he had was out there. So, uh, you know, some fine, fine football players there at nose guard. And then what uh, my take on another big battle is, is the safety, 
you know, going back to DB, you know, keep you know, talking about the defensive back, but it's safety. There's five of them, five of them now. Well, you know, the two are going to play because you're assuming one's going to be a nickel. You know, one of the corners is going to be the nickel. You know, they go to dime, you know, once every couple series or whatnot, depending on the situation. So you have five safeties, you know, five safeties, and three of them could be gone after this year if Brandon Joseph is as good as everyone thinks he is, and he could be gone after this year. So you got DJ Brown, Griffith, and then you got Henderson and Xavier Watts, who are the explosive, explosive football players when they played last year. They they showed on film and their athleticism. So it's going to be a battle at that safety to see what happens there. I know you're not very high or not as high on Brandon Joseph as a lot of people are. Why is that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I guess I don't drink the Kool-Aid, you know, cause people see the 2020 all American and, you know, and he, you know, Oh, Hamilton's leaving. I replace him. He's a fine football player, but I went and watched some film. I actually pulled up a draft profile on him and they literally talked about, you know, watch the Michigan game. He has an unbelievable sack in the Michigan game, but then you don't see 16 for a long time. Nebraska, they mentioned Nebraska. There's a draft profile I found online just to read about him and learn about him. And I went and watched the Nebraska game and he was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Um, I don't know if he's, me personally, I don't think he's as fast as Henderson and Watts. I think they really explode. But, you know, he is going to be, you know, a senior. He's been three years at Northwestern, redshirted, All-American, and then played last year. Did not play to that level, but Northwestern was not the same team as it was in 2020. So he's not bad. He's a good football player. But, you know, Notre Dame did not get some five-star transfer, whatnot. You know, he was the 1100th ranked player in the country coming out of high school. And I think some of that shows playing at Northwestern. But uh, we'll see. He is, he does have some athleticism. There's no doubt about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the high school ranking a couple there. I mean, there there are plenty of guys that were thousand ranked players that are playing on Sundays now. Like that's not an that's not an automatic indicator that he's not going to be great. I mean, it's also God. No, no, no. I was going to say perfect, perfect. I actually posted this on the on the message board today. We were talking DBs with someone, and you know, uh, uh, Mike had commented. Uh, someone had asked Mike about expanding the defensive backboard and. I was like, yeah, if you're going to expand it to Sauce Gardner, who was the 1200th ranked recruit, you know, 1175 or something like that, 1111, you know, he was so far down when Freeman recruited him to Cincinnati. Sure, if you're going to go find a guy like that, Sauce Gardner is a bona fide first round draft choice. So, sure, if you're going to go find someone like that, watching Brandon Joseph, so talk about numbers and whatnot, he doesn't show that, you know, I don't think. I mean, who's, who's one of Notre Dame's starting corners? Cameron, you know, Clarence Lewis, who was ranked in the 700s on on three consensus. He kind of plays like a guy in the 700s and against the big team. So, you know, sometimes those things are right. Right. Uh, I know on three just posted about the with the draft picks, how comparable those first rounders have been with the five and the four stars. So, you know, the rankings are a lot better today than they were 25 years ago. They are getting better. 
Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. I'm also oh, a big oh. brand. But yeah. Oh. I, I hear no. you. Uh, Mike, do you have any thoughts on any specific position battles you're watching and you cannot talk about Steve Angeli? What? What else am I going to talk about? Is there anything else to talk about for a YouTube audience? By the way, uh, we just mentioned this uh, 2021 NFL draft by stars thing. So this is, if you go to on three.com, it's under this draft tab. This is like a really cool, like you can get lost in this for a while on three is, I mean, I, I'm the happiest I've ever been, um, you know, in nine years of this in working in this space, it's like on three is it, it's, it's really an incredible place. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have this job. Um, I safety was my first thought. I think Brandon Joseph is basically a penciled in starter. I didn't know that Tim was like a, not a big Brandon Joseph guy. So that was, um, that was news to me. Real yeah, not cool. me. Wait, wait, not wait, me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, boo, I know, boo, boo, I know you're not bashing him or anything. No. I know. I, I just, you're, you're typically a super, you know, optimistic guy. And it's just, it's just it was new for me to not hear that from you. I liked, I like Henderson and Watts. I think they, those two guys are way more explosive than Brandon Joseph and watching Brandon Joseph's film last year. That's what I base that off of. Fair enough. We do have a super chat. Triple deck PO says, thanks for pumping out all the awesome content. We, um, I'm sorry. I don't, I, maybe we're not your favorite site or whatever it is, but I can tell you we're the most hard, hardest working site, Notre Dame fans. There's no way there's any other Notre Dame website pumping out as much as content as we are at blueandgold.com. Go count articles, go count a week and see how much we do versus everybody else. Um, we're, we're churning out a ton of stuff. We also do the YouTube and the podcast. So it's, it's great stuff, Ashton. Yeah, no, I was also going to add to that. We're doing currently we're doing, football both recruiting and the spring practice stuff we're doing baseball we're doing both men's and women's basketball we're doing hockey um we kind of we're, we're doing everything all the time so you should definitely check it out uh yeah like like we've said it's it's just a dollar for a year um and yeah 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 no, you should yeah, yeah. and it's, Mike, it's uh, the best yeah it's the best introductory offer you you'll, you'll find and then i'll i'll give my my thoughts real quick um safety definitely who plays next to brandon joseph Running back, um, Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, who kind of emerges um, as running back 1A. Um, and then, you know, talking about position battles, looking at linebacker, there's a lot of bodies there. Do any of those young guys that we talked about earlier, Josh Burnham, uh, Jalen Sneed, a sophomore, and Prince Colley. Apparently just being a sophomore is a super important thing per Tim Hyde. So Prince Colley. He's a sophomore, and, and that's my takeaway on him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Before we move into recruiting, if you are watching this on YouTube right now, make sure you hit the thumbs up right below here. <laughs> Tim will not be attending the Brandon Joseph fan club party. I'll be hosting that if I ever don't sound like this and can talk in an environment that's not just me alone in my apartment. Um, or maybe we'll get there one day. Um, if you are listening via podcast, make sure you leave us a nice review. Um, and yeah, we'll move into recruiting now. So Mike has had a big last week for a couple of reasons. He is obviously living in Atlanta. So he was at the pylon seven on seven tournament last weekend in Atlanta. There were a lot of big time prospects there, many of which Notre Dame is currently recruiting. So Mike, how was the tournament? 
it's where I lost my voice. Um, I was interviewing Dante Moore and some of these guys, and I had to apologize right off the bat, say, hey, usually don't sound like this. It was not my first time meeting Dante Moore, by the way. This was actually my third, just to throw that out there um, for anyone who was wondering. Um, yeah, it, it was good. Got The main guys got to see Dante Moore, uh, big 2023 quarterback target. Obviously, we'll actually pop on his uh, – I believe we have it here. Um, his, um, maybe, maybe we don't have his, his tape here. Sorry. Um, obviously huge Notre Dame quarterback target, Chris Vizina, the other, uh, big Notre Dame quarterback target. And then, uh, Christian gray cornerback target, um, that, that I got to see. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was, um, cold and windy on Saturday, and then Sunday I got sunburnt. I, I was pretty pissed about that, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, good to- how Mike showed up to our Monday morning staff meeting with his sunburn and, and his no illness. Voice. Yeah. He looked like he was dying and he had just visited the sun and it was kind of hilarious, which I shouldn't be saying, but I'm only saying because Mike made fun of me for my voice for like 10 days and then he got the same. With, with your voice lost, I was almost like, all right, it's been like four days. Like, just get your voice back. I got some video stuff we got to do here. Like, get it together, Ashton. And, I, um, I don't talk to anybody. Like, I live alone. I, I was moving, so like, I don't really talk to anybody. Like, I don't know why it's like this. Anyways, not to get too off topic, although it's kind of fun that way. But um, we will move into our other big recruiting thing. So Carnell Tate, the five-star wide receiver out of IMG down in Florida. He's originally from Chicago, um, so he's very familiar with Notre Dame. But he announced his top five last night. They are Notre Dame, Alabama, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Georgia, right? Is that the last one? Yes, thank you. Um, I, I knew it was red, but there's so many reds. Um, so, Mike, what was your reaction to the visit? I know that he came a couple days early. He was actually supposed to go tomorrow um, on St. Patrick's Day and ended up there yesterday. What was your reaction to his visit? And I know you talked with him. How was that? Yeah, first of all, you said the reds. Shout out Liverpool. Big win over Arsenal today. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carnell Tate's visit and uh, did have a story on this um, at, at blueandgold.com. Um, can kind of pop up this on the screen. Um, if my uh, internet wants to load, but um, yeah, I'll kind of give the, the the teaser here. Headline: Five star receiver Carnell Tate in depth latest in depth. That should say on in depth on latest. Um, so that's um, that's embarrassing. Um, but it, it it was a really good visit um, by all accounts. Um, he had basically told me like, look, I I've, this was his seventh time visiting campus. Um, I I've seen pretty much everything. That I need to see. He's talked plenty with the staff, even though I think he he might have undersold how important it was to actually meet like those guys and spend a lot of time with them face to face, like Chancey Stuckey and you know Marcus Freeman. This is his first visit to Notre Dame since the coaching staff changed, so that was important. Um, and <laughs> excuse me, uh, but he had mentioned basically like, look, this was more for my mom. She didn't necessarily love her first time visiting Notre Dame. Um, so for this five-star receiver is really about like getting her around it and, um, staff seemed to really impress her. She liked the vibes from Stucky Freeman and Reese and Chad Bowden, director of recruiting. She had good things to, um, to, um, you know, uh, to talk about him. Um, so I, I don't know if, you know, Notre Dame is now in the lead. You see his, um, you know, his, uh, recruiting prediction machine, 
um, at 94.9% in favor of Ohio State. Um, I don't I don't think the percentage and I mean that's just an algorithm, right, guys? Like we understand that. I don't think the percentages and like reality are that high of of Ohio State being a favorite, but they're they're definitely the leader. Got it. Yeah, no, and then uh, Tim, I know you're you're high on him, and you're also high on Dante Moore, who might be coming uh, if he comes. Notre Dame Tate might come along. What do you what do you think about Tate after watching his film? Yeah, uh, I mean he's out. I mean he's outstanding. It's like what do you? I mean Notre Dame doesn't have anyone like him, so he's he he just looks so lean. And watching you know some of his past film and just the explosiveness, you know the you know the two guys I thought of instantly recently was just EQ St. Brown just because of his length, the way he just caught the ball with the space he has. And then I went back to even Derek Mays during a you know Lou Holtz's time. Derek Mays used to make some amazing catches you know, back, back in the day, just putting both hands. I mean, just going high point for the ball all over the place. It just, I mean, Derek Mays was a stud, obviously a first round draft pick, you know, to the Packers, but uh, he really reminded me of him in watching some film. There's a few plays in his uh, a film a year ago where he's, he's just reaching, you know, it didn't look like they had the most accurate quarterback and he's just going out there snagging balls. So, you know, when I think of uh, Mr. Mr. Tate, it's, you know, Dante Moore, when are you going to commit? When are you going to be the guy for Marcus Freeman? And how much does that really sway? Because Mike talks a lot about this when, you know, in his Lucky Charms and his, you know, nightly recruiting, you know, talks and and write-ups when, you know, when Moore gets mentioned and Tate get mentioned, how they are buddies and they, you know, you know, and they're, and they're friends. They, they've always talked about playing together. What, you know, what does that mean? It's always just been a little chit chat, but does it really strike, you know, move the bar with with Tate if Dante Moore comes along and he is the quarterback for Marcus Freeman? Tate's from Chicago, the family's down the street. So, you know, it, that's going to be a wait and see because I know Mike posted, you know, uh, some of his visits and official visits where Tate still has a you know, couple month, you know, pl- laid out plan here where he's not committing in the next couple of weeks. So he, he still has some time to go here. I will take that kind of as a question about like, how much of an impact would that be, Tim? Mm-hmm. And um, here, here's kind of my thoughts on it. If Ohio State is up here in terms of their lead with him and Notre Dame's like here, I think getting Dante Moore helps close the gap, but it's just one factor. I mean, if if I'm Ohio State, right, let's say, let's say Dante Moore commits to Notre Dame today. If I'm Ohio State and I see that happen, I'm like, well, first of all, like, okay, like th- this, this is a real thing that we now have to say to Carnell Tate, like, Hey, mm-hmm. in the 2022 class, um, we signed Devin Brown who finished as on three's number one player in the, in the entire class in this 2020, did I say 20, 2022? I should have said in this yeah. current class that you're in, we might get Christopher Vizina who Notre Dame really wanted. Like it was kind of an either or kind of thing. Like Ohio state just offered him. And then if you look head to the 2024 class, we're in a really good spot with Jaden Davis, who's the number one player per the 2023 on three consensus. So like, yeah, Carnell and Dante are buddies, but Carnell is going to be buddies with players who are all across the country. I mean, so it's, uh, there, there's package deals happen with, you know, siblings and, and stuff like that. Like, the, the, you know, these two guys, I, I don't see them as like a package deal. So it's like, all right, Dante's coming to Notre Dame. This means Carnell is. If Carnell is going to choose Notre Dame, you know, I think 
he's going to choose Notre Dame regardless of where Dante Moore is going. Does that make sense? Like, I think it's just one factor to help Notre Dame. Um, but you know, if he's going to pick the Irish, it's because he wants to go there. Um, but you know, in, in that he feels good about the quarterbacks on Notre Dame's roster. Carl, I will note Carnell Tate was plays for the, uh, well, not this year. He plays for South Florida express seven on 17 played last year with boom, a Chicago based team. Guess who else played for boom seven on seven? Steve Angeli. So Tate has played a lot of maybe two or three turns. So he's played some football. Mm-hmm. Um, in that uh, space with Angeli. And I remember interviewing Tate, um, you know, probably around last summer and he really liked throwing with Angeli. So um, there's a little nugget there that I actually forgot about until now. Um, so yeah, I mean, Tate, you know, Tate likes Angeli too. So kind of going back to my point of, I, I just don't think that Dante Moore is going to be like a deciding factor for Tate or anyone. Kids are going to go where they want to go at the end of the day. I was, was going to add to that. I agree. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Jay Prue twenty four just put in the uh, put in the chat that Heartline gets what Heartline wants. I kind of go back to Mike's point. Like it's not like Ohio State has nothing to offer if Dante Moore commits to Notre Dame. Like Brian Hartley can still stand there and say Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, Michael Thomas, um, Terry McLaurin. Like Ohio State literally just has to like hand him a list of the wide receivers that currently play in the NFL or going to be very high draft picks in a month and a half. And like that in and of itself is a reason to go to Ohio state. So yeah, no, I, I brought up the, the more take connection only because it, it seems like a lot of people are talking about it. And I think it is a factor. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I mean, it, if that is the deciding factor, I, I would not advise picking your college destination based on any one friend. That just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. It's like, it's like going to school based on, well, my girlfriend's going here for that. I've been dating for four months. Like, which is funny because now have you, have y'all seen the, um, the quarterback transfer, like girlfriend tracker that if you want to, if you want to see where quarterbacks going to transfer to look at where their girlfriend goes because it keeps happening over and over again. Like I think Keaton Slovis, his girlfriend is at Pitt. Yep. Um, It's Jackson darts. Jackson Dart's not a good, I don't think is an example, but there are like four or five that have transferred to programs. Everyone's like, why are they there? It's because their girlfriend's there. But anyways, um, we can. Real quick quick on the wide receiver thing. I know the Buckeyes get a lot of uh, wide receiver hype, but Notre Dame's got quite a few wide receivers playing in the NFL during the Brian Kelly area that are still playing. And one just won a Super Bowl and Ben Skoranek who came to Notre Dame to play at that level. And obviously go play in the NFL, which, you know, Ben played a ton this year for the Rams. So, and he has a Super Bowl ring. So this, this, you know, notion out there that Notre Dame has no wide receivers, no athleticism, none of that. Well, look at Kevin Austin at the, at the combine right now, basically injured, misses, you know, a couple of years, comes out, plays one year, but he's going to get drafted. So Notre Dame's got guys. And I, and I do real quick uh, agree with Mike about there's no, you know, the, you know, the buddy system and stuff like that and recruiting. I get that. It just, it's those, those little comments and, and Tate's such a stud, wherever he goes, he's going to go have some big time quarterbacks. It's, but when it's Notre Dame and those four other finalists, the, you know, those four other finalists, there's, there's not a lot of classroom activity going on. And sometimes that's <laughs> a, that's a little telltale in Notre Dame recruiting when in Notre Dame's in the finalists with four others, you know, where you could do a lot of online schooling, that's uh, that's usually a little issue as well. I've uh, learned in following uh, some recruiting. Yeah, how many? Like, I feel like most schools that a five-star receiver is going to consider those. It's not like 
Yes. I mean, yes. Notre Dame, Stanford. I mean, what five star receivers going to consider Vanderbilt and Northwestern? I mean, no. So no, they haven't, and they haven't. And it's proofs in the pudding. They just they they don't. And so you know. like yeah, I, I like I don't know if you're kind of getting at like Carnell might not want to do school at the next level. Like I don't I don't know if that's that's accurate. They don't like true, <laughs> but. Notre Dame is, you know, one's not like the other four in that. Yeah, but my point is there's not much like Notre Dame. I just said, like, look, Georgia sure. Tech, he's going to go consider Georgia Tech. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's not, it's not like there's a, a ton of, like, super high academic colleges that are also very good for football. So it's like. That is true. Yeah. I mean, Michigan and USC are very good schools. All right, Michigan, no, Michigan, no, USC. Michigan. Wow. It is an objectively Michigan. good school. No, no, they are. Florida is another really good school. So, yeah, like yeah, Miami. Anyways, okay, before we go down this, I don't, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And also, we're going to run out of time. So, we're going to move along. But, um, anyways, on the topic of recruiting, again, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. We talked about how Carl State was potentially going to be on campus tomorrow, went yesterday instead. But tomorrow is a huge day, regardless of Notre Dame recruiting, because they are doing another pot of gold recruiting push, this time with the 2024 class. Last year, they did it for the first time. If you remember it, you probably remember the ridiculous Brian Kelly video that came out of it. Um, I We're not going to play that here. because Why not? Because... I mean, you can't. Fine. Okay, fine. You can go find it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, they're going to do it tomorrow. Um, again, it's supposed to be bigger, which is not surprising given Marcus Freeman's affinity and dedication to just recruiting 24-7. Um, but wanted to plug that. You should be on the lookout for a lot of content from us tomorrow um, with all the offers they're going to send out, breaking those down. Uh, Mike, did you have any other comments on that specifically before you find this ridiculous video? <laughs> Um, I did find it. Um, actually, real quick, hey, real quick, Mike, you you and uh, Patrick actually did a great breakdown last year. Uh, fans could go back on Blue and Gold, the archives, where you guys had a nice video, you and Patrick breaking down all the pot of gold last year. And you actually did a frame-by-frame frame breakdown of the video with all the assistants. I, I watched it uh, last night and, and getting ready for a little pot of gold, so I found that funny. I can't, my, my computer's struggling. I pulled it up. It's not, it's not one. I'll find the link and we'll post it in the underneath. For everybody. I, I found it. I, I just can't, um, I can't load it. Uh, no, Jay Pru real quick says, hang on. Did I just hear Michigan's yeah. good school? Yeah. Like I, I think objectively it is like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not Notre Dame, but it's a, it's a good school. Like, I don't. All right. Moving into our last topic, also pertaining to recruiting. Yes. Yeah, Mike. Well, well, yeah. Pot of gold. I didn't even say anything on it. Um, so yeah, Notre, so Notre Dame's supposed to be offering. I'm not going to put out the number just in case it doesn't ha- happen. But it's like last year, what was it, Ashton? You wrote an article at BlueAndGold.com today. Or? It spoke with 69 players, but half of them already had offers. So call it 45 ish, and they spoke with an additional. No, that's not right, Matt. No, I'm yeah. a jerk. It was about yeah, half. 35, 35. Yeah, about 35 ish. That's a lot of offers to go out one day. It could, it's going to be more than 35. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, all right. Someone throwing in a uh, triple death bow says it's a good school. Like USF is a good school. I'm a USF grad. Uh, my USF, I went to USF St. Pete. Uh, you know, it was not on the Tampa campus, but that school was a joke. Um, uh, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, okay. But Final. yes, it's, it's going to be great. Ton, so it's offering these rising junior recruits. So class of 2024 players, um, all positions, the coaches, 
like practice, like Ashton's going to be at practice. We're going to have four people at practice. Um, and those, it starts at what? 8 a.m. So practice gets out and these coaches are going to be like on the phone all day. They've actually already been offering some of the kids today and just saying, Hey, like announce it tomorrow. This is our big pot of gold day. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of recruits. I wrote an article a couple days ago, so make sure to check out at blueandgold.com. Um, um, yeah, triple Depco is killing me. Marlon Mack was one of the first recruits I ever covered, um, running back for, for USF, man, I, I, I we could talk USF ball. Um, but no. yeah, big, yeah, it's not good ball, but I could talk it. Um, it, it's, it's going to be big for the 2024 class R- wrote an article at bloomandgold.com. Like here's five recruits to keep an eye on that. I'm expecting Notre Dame, um, to go ahead, um, and, and offer. I even put in a future. Oh, nope. Not future cast pick a prediction, um, for Notre Dame to land a 2024 player who does not even have an offer from the Irish yet, but I'm expecting him to land one this week. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I should pop this comment on the screen. Uh, yeah. Please but, don't. Um, I do appreciate the super chat. Um, <laughs> uh, Beast Daniel, do appreciate it. Um, we we enjoy midweek uh, con- cocktail hour as well. Um, so, um, yeah, that that's that's the gist on, on, on Pot of Gold. Big day. Track it at bloomgold.com. We'll have stories breaking down every single offer. Yes, we will. All right, on to our last topic, and that's a good segue, actually. Um, So, Mike, you logged several predictions on blueandgold.com this week, including the one that you mentioned a second ago. Um, And we won't go through all of them, but we wanted to touch on a few of them. The first one is a um, high-level four-star wide receiver, Braylon James, out of Texas. So uh, what kind of led to that pick? And then Tim, I'll throw it over to you to talk about his game as well. What led to the pick? Chancey Stuckey, Marcus Freeman, just coming in and killing it. James, someone who had an offer from Notre Dame last spring, I think it was May 25th, he got his offer from Dell Alexander, but Notre Dame just never really was much of a factor in his recruitment. And then um, I, I don't know why, but I mean, he's like a Notre Dame fit all the way. Like this is a kid who was leaning Stanford a couple months ago. Um, sources on the Notre Dame side feel really good. Sources close to James, you know, believe that Notre Dame's trending in a good spot. I put in my prediction. You see the recruiting prediction machine for YouTube folks. It reads, excuse me, that uh, Notre Dame has an 85% chance to land him. I'd say that's Maybe a little high. I'm I'm pretty conservative with this kind of stuff. I'd say maybe about 65% chance. He's talking about visiting, you know, Stanford in June for an official. I don't know if it's going to go that long. I think he's going to visit Notre Dame this weekend for the first time. And I believe he's going to absolutely love it. Um, And uh, he's a super high academic kid. Really is click with Chancey Stuckey. Um, Family loves Marcus Freeman. Tommy Reese has done a really nice job. So I do um like where where Notre Dame's out with Braylon James and Tim what have you seen from him on film uh the first thing I love is obviously the first like minute and a half is just him returning kicks so that just shows you his explosiveness and the athleticism that he has is 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 top notch so and you know anytime you go out and into Texas and get a heck of a football player out of Texas with a Texas offer and some of these offers that he has is awesome and um if he's able to come to Notre Dame, I mean, his athleticism is frame. Once again, these tall, lean guys, you know, he's got a little, you know, Carnell Tate with the length and the leanness again to him. 
he, he's explosive. You put on his film and you're like, wow, the first few, I mean, the first minute plus is just him running back kicks, which is just awesome to see. So, you know, he's, he's got some really good visits. I know, you know, and read Mike's articles, you read between the lines, academics is huge, especially when Stanford's involved and, you know, and whatnot. Uh, he was at LSU. So that was interesting how uh, coach Kelly is, is trying to go hard after some of these, you know, Notre Dame guys, which has been funny lately reading about those with from Mike uh, postings and uh, articles lately at blue and gold. So he's a heck of a football player, you know, and real quick, uh, a quick little thing on, on the pot of gold, you know, they threw out 30 offers last year and, and two of the guys they got commits out of that group were uh, Drake Bowen and Keon Keeley. And the big one that they're waiting on was Dante Moore got his offer on the pot of gold last year. So, and we'll see what happens on this thing tomorrow. And it is cool. It's great buzz in, um, in the program, the excitement. And I know, Ashton, you've been posting some things on the – it's all about these photo edits for the kids. They love this stuff. It's it's a virtual – it is. It's it's the modern-day scrapbook. So these kids yep. love to put stuff in. Grandma puts it together for them, and they got these things for life. So, yeah, James is athletic. All these receivers, it feels like Notre Dame's in the final grouping with – you know, Mike knows, you know, the six or seven receivers, they get three or four of these guys. It's wow. It's a big, big time wide receiver hall. If, if they close on these guys. Yeah. I think, well, I think we've talked about it on here too, but I know I've talked with Mike about it at some point, like if you like people look at, Oh, they're the 30th best wide receiver in the country, but teams are pulling in three, four receivers a class. And so even if you get the 25th best guy, like that's, pretty fantastic like it's not it's not like um where you're you're pulling in uh the, the 40th ranked running back it's not it's not done the same way um the second one we wanted to go over that mike logged an offer for i mean a prediction for and again if you want to see all of them you can go to blueandgold.com um subscribe for just a dollar you get a full year definitely worth it all these predictions are on there but we wanted to talk specifically about Emmett Mosley and he's an interesting case um 2024 kid out of Southern California actually originally from Chicago and his parents both went to Notre Dame his father played running back at Notre Dame and his mom was an all-American soccer player actually at one point I think she might still have it but held um some like lifetime all-time goal um record for Notre Dame women's soccer. So two very, very big time Notre Dame athletes. Um, his older sister plays soccer at Iowa. They're a Midwestern family. He is very in on Notre Dame. I talked with him. He called the campus a work of art, which I thought was a fantastic quote. Um, Mike, kind of what, aside from the obvious, what else went into this prediction and what do you know about Emmett Mosley? I honestly really don't have much else to add other than the obvious in that. In your story, Ashton, Emmett basically said, I, I think his parents' quotes were, and you can find this, you can go to Emmett Mosley's on three profile and, and, and here's Ashton's story. Um, he basically was, his parents were like, this is the one. Like, yeah. uh, I, and then talking to sources on the Notre Dame side of things are like, you know, I don't know when he's visiting, but we feel really good about him. So I'm like, okay, that, that that's all I needed. So um, it's obviously a projection pick. It's early, it's 2024. He's visited Notre Dame many times, but not as a recruit. So it's obviously going to be important for him to meet the staff. Um, but I'll throw it to Tim. Uh, Ash and I are obviously pretty young to remember his his pops playing at Notre Dame. What what, what do you remember, Tim? Oh, yeah. I mean, his, his dad was a big-time football player in the 95, 96 years for uh, Lou Holtz. Uh, you know, played running back, big-time return guy, had the had – the, I believe a punt return against Texas back in 95 
and uh, that really blew that game out. He was awesome. He, he was a good football player because, you know, Lou Holtz in it, Chuck got all over the place. So when Mosley got it, he uh, he made he made a lot of plays. He was a dual threat guy, uh, which, you know, you know, kind of like a, a you know Theo Riddick. You know, he didn't play in the NFL like like Theo did, but uh, he was that type of a player. But the one thing with with the young Mosley is, you know, he's coming out of the Trinity League. The Trinity League is the number one league in America, and I've mentioned this before. Anytime Notre Dame could get a kid out of the Trinity League, you're you're getting a kid that's going to be ready for primetime football on day one because those guys wherever they go, I mean, they're the Pac-12 is loaded with Trinity League guys. I mean, heck, Alabama's quarterback and Clemson's quarterback are Trinity League guys. So they're they're ready to play. And watching this film, by the way, this is his freshman year. He was hurt a bunch his sophomore year, nicked up. His freshman year, he plays, he's playing varsity football with the big dogs at Servite, who finished what in the top uh, five, I believe, in the country this year. So he is fast. I did not know how fast he was because I heard him as mostly like, okay, you put his film on explosive you know, explosive and uh, fans, if they don't know yet, you know, Mr. Uh, Saban down in Tuscaloosa has been trying to get this guy as well. He was one of his first offers. So that, that's also tells you a lot about the athleticism that he got an Alabama offer just after his freshman year. So this kid is quick. He's fast. Yeah. Let's get him to South Bend, you know, as soon as you can. All right. I think we might be close to wrapping up here, but I think before we do, we just got to drop this on here. Jay Bruce says, worst case, Notre Dame just needs James to visit a game day in Palo Alto and, and lock that arm. So, yeah, someone on the – someone on our – we talked about this on our message board today. Someone said, uh, you know, if Braylon James is comparing, you know, Palo Alto and South Bend, like the California town wins, and I'm like, yeah, what about on a game day? What about game days there? I mean, I'm very much a person who's like, I just want – all of the top, like, you know, your Stanford, give me a USC to be good. Like I want all of the country to be covered with good teams. Like give me a good Boston college. Like let, let, let's have, you know, good Pacific Northwest teams. And I, I think I would consider Stanford, you know, at least close to like, I think college football is better when Stanford's really good. That's what I'm saying. But you know, that, that, that atmosphere, even when they're really good, is it like a good atmosphere? No. No, I mean, I've been to five, six Stanford, Notre Dame games over the year. No, it's not, it's not a great atmosphere. So, you know, beautiful campus to walk around. Awesome place to tailgate. Great, great place to tailgate. But uh, outside of that, no, you go there to expect Notre Dame to go beat up Stanford and have someone. And I uh, real quick before we leave, it's never a good thing when BC is good. So I just want to put that on the record. BC should well, be down each and every year. That should would be, be Rutgers. Should it be Rutgers then? <laughs> hey, Rutgers could be good. BC stay down. Yeah, because we don't want. I'm trying to think of like who else is out. Like we don't want Pitt to be good. Penn State. I don't really care about Penn State. I'm indifferent. So you guys are thinking as Notre Dame fans. I'm not. I'm just thinking as a college football fan. <laughs> I actually like. I like when uh, I'm going to get destroyed in the chat for saying this. I, don't say it's no, 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 not Michigan. It's kind of fun when USC is good. Like, I don't want P. Carroll level good, but I'm kind of over this whole just like the USC game doesn't matter anymore. Like, that's what's fun about being a Notre Dame fan is like having a decent, not dominant elite, like going to just absolutely kick the living crap out of you good. I don't want Matt Liner and Reggie Bush back by any means. But like, it's, it's to your point, it's fun when like the whole country's involved. Like this whole the West Coast doesn't matter right now. Like, Kind of, I'm kind of getting bored of it, but I don't know. 
because the West Coast plays nine conference games. They don't play cupcakes. They play hard preseasons, and they beat each other up, unlike the SEC. Oh, yeah. stop. Hey, Get they that play eight conference out. games, multiple one-double no, ways. No, no, no. You did not just say that. You no. did not just – Oh, oh yeah, SEC that extra game football. against Oregon State and Washington State. Oh, that one-win Arizona team. It's because they went through the rigorous Pac-12. Get that crap out of here, Tim Hyde. Nine, eight. But that goes back hey, when we talk playoffs someday. Nine conference games compared to eight is a difference. I would like to chime in and thank Brandon for saying that he sees my point on this. Thank you, Brandon. I greatly appreciate it. And on that note, we are done here. Uh, <laughs> so... Again, to quickly recap, a lot is coming out from us. Spring practice starts tomorrow. Pot of gold is tomorrow. We will have a million and one stories on blueandgold.com. It is a single dollar for an entire year. You get all of that. You also get basketball, baseball, hockey, everything um, on our website. You should check it out. Subscribe. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, before you hop off, hit the thumbs up. If you are listening via podcast, give us a good review. I think I plugged everything I'm supposed to. It's a lot. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.